Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is my co-host, Spencer. Yo, 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 what's up? Today, we are going to be answering the questions from our Marvel Guys community. Mm, This is going to be a lot of fun. This Uh, is our first true Q&A. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm like really excited. If you guys enjoy our content, we would really appreciate you uh, leaving a review for us. Any reviews really help us uh, get noticed by other people. And the more energy and time we put into this thing, the more we would love to get out of it. So if you're appreciating our content and we really appreciate your fandom and your uh, camaraderie, we would appreciate likes, subscribes, and reviews. means a lot to us. So... We can get started here and just jump right in. Yeah, we yeah, have uh, six questions here, and we'll answer them as thoroughly as we can. You know that we like to talk, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how long it takes us. But uh, our first question came from John Steele, one of our uh, members on the Marvel Guys community, and he asked, based on these previous two TV shows, mm-hmm. they've led a lot into potential future movies with. WandaVision leading into Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and the newly announced Captain America 4 Mm. that was obviously being led into by this Falcon and Winter Soldier series. So he wants to know, with Loki coming up, what could we be looking at for a future movie where this would have the biggest impact? And I'm going to take this one because we discussed it slightly in our uh, last episode where we talked about Loki. Mm. And I personally believe that Ant-Man is where this is going to feel the biggest impact. Now, I will put this caveat in here. I think Loki is going to have a big impact on the MCU as a whole because we are dealing directly with time travel here. So it's hard to avoid his impact in other areas. However... I'll just back that up. My my Ant Man, you know, stamp. Uh, I I'm gonna. It's my champion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Kang the Conqueror's uh, relevance to the the time you know travel nature of this show is going to poke its head out, and yeah. it's really going to stand out because he was one of the original members. Uh, basically keeping track of time yeah. in you know the very organization that Loki is going to be meddling around in and helping with. Right. So I think we're going to at least get references, if not a direct uh, correlation to Kang the Conqueror. And in the future of you know the MCU with Ant-Man, I believe since he's going to be their villain that will be the most obvious setup that we'll have from Loki uh, into another movie. And Mm. I think even though it'll set the table for a lot of things moving forward, that is the one thing that I would feel comfortable banking on. And that's just, that's just my deep down feeling. So uh, go ahead and give me your, your best shot. I I like that because yeah, I, mm, this is tough. I think, I, I definitely see that Kang could be could be mentioned or uh brought up. Um 
I don't think we're going to see him. No no shot in that. Absolutely no. Based off of our last two series guesses, that's probably yeah, <laughs> the yeah. best way to go with it. Right. Um I don't I don't know though. I mean Ant-Man seems kind of far. Like it is. And my my heart's kind of telling me, okay, so this is dealing with time travel. So uh maybe Doctor Strange because of the time stone, but they've already kind of set something up with Dr. Strange with WandaVision. Um, for Loki, it's tough for me to not see how Loki and Thor wouldn't be like connected. And another thing that I think is interesting about Thor and why I think it actually could t- connect to either Thor four or guardians three that that would be my answers uh, because I can't really nail down which one. I'm assuming I, – I I don't know which one's coming out first. I think Thor 4 is coming out first, right? Honestly, with the new be... schedule, they haven't really given us any updates. I know – so Ant-Man was originally originally supposed to be in 2022. Yeah. Um, they've already, it looks like, filmed the majority of it. So oh, nice. they've been nice. able to do that. Honestly, like I said – everything's been screwed up yeah and everything's been pushed a- back absolutely a year. yeah so anything in the future is a toss-up at this moment i think thor 4 is coming out before ant or guardians 3 though for sure i so, believe so because of yeah. uh, james gunn's uh suicide squad yeah so i i would assume that loki's show would impact thor's movie or uh yeah thor 4 uh, that's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with that it affects or it has some kind of thing going into Thor. Um. So yeah, that that would be mine. Yeah, and by the way, um, tentatively, uh, Thor is supposed to be released next February. That was the original release date. Um, so we'll see. Well, sooner than I expected. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it'll get pushed back for sure. Well, the thing is, we're still operating on 2020. Right. <laughs> like, right. It feels like 2020 still. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of jumped. I mean, we went a whole year without getting a Marvel movie. Yeah. After true. going a whole year without getting a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, we weren't supposed to be this far back. So right. remember, the last movie we got was, was Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. That oh, was my 2019. Gosh. That was a summer. Yeah, that was my Brazil. I saw it in Brazil. You saw it in Brazil? (laughs) Like, how crazy is that? Yeah, wow. Um, So, yeah, pretty incredible. But they will all be, you know, slowly coming back here. Um, I like my guess. I like yours. I think... um, One million percent, though. I I, I do think we'll see some kind of reference to King. I definitely see. I just think that the story kind of will, will lead into Thor. That would be my that that's why I picked Thor. Well, it looks like Thor is involved in the show in some capacity because in the trailer the he uses yeah. um you know the the god oh, <laughs> the, why uh, are the, we the, doing the Bifrost. The Bifrost. It is the Bifrost, but I was trying to think of his hammer, his new his axe. The axe. Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used Stormbreaker to get Loki, you know, away from it was in the scene where he's playing db cooper mm. so yeah i think you we'll definitely get one. some references there <laughs> and we honestly we might get a whole bunch of references and a whole bunch of characters that are 
um, at play here because again he's jumping in time we may get an old cap like i hope so or a, a young past cap i guess would be the best way to put it um i don't know man it, uh, this is gonna be the uh, there's so much to talk about with loki and i can't <sighs> wait to get into it in a couple weeks yeah a couple weeks we have, we have like a month right at least that's sad that's gonna be yeah this but is sad. we're gonna get the ball rolling why'd they do this to us, loki's man? right around the corner i mean yeah uh, you we know. did this with WandaVision. We were like, oh, man, it cannot get here soon enough. And then I know. it happened. And then we're going to be doing the, the finale <laughs> of Loki and <laughs> yeah. be like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Wait so, a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're like some time travel nonsense is going on right here. Uh, yeah. Well, I learned from Click. Never fast forward time. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Not. Never fast forward time. You don't want to know. So, John, thank you for that question. Uh, we will get into a lot more Loki in the future mm -hmm. and in the near future, as we, we mentioned. Our next question is from Caitlin Phipps, and they asked multiverse opportunities that could cross over. She wanted us to discuss some of our thoughts on that. And I know you wanted to go first on this one. Yeah, because this is where I get into Ant-Man. There we go, baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ant-Man, I think, is... Uh, where we get some some really big implications because Kang not only not only does it does he mess with time and and all those little things too, but Kang is like a direct descendant of the Richards family, like the Richards bloodline, like Reed's. I think he's like Reed's like grandson or something like that. I could be wrong, but. Kang is like directly related to Reed Richards. So the mere like implication that he's even in the MCU this early directly ties into Fantastic Four. Like there's no other like spot on thing than that to me. Like just having him there automatically is like bang, Fantastic Four. So um and I think too because of him being in that movie that the end credit scene will more than likely tie into the fantastic four as well oh, so i think the, yeah i think the end credit scene could be something similar to like dr doom or something like that like just and that's literally only because <laughs> we know that kang was cast that's it <laughs> like so i yeah I, one Don't million you love percent that? like yeah we, the speculation is the crazy. Marvel fandom, as more than anything now, you know, like Star Wars has its own craziness. Yeah, yeah. But like, Marvel's never been more relevant ever. So mm. we're all starting to like get this little, these little morsels of information, and <laughs> anytime somebody gets cast, we just start like yeah. running towards the nearest theory. Yeah. And then when one theory gets popular enough, it just overwhelms the series. Mm -hmm. Mephisto. <coughs> Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It was it was a crazy time. Uh, everybody will re once. remember Mephisto Mania. <laughs> yes. AKA WandaVision. Yes. Um so, everything was Mephisto. Yeah. Well, the yeah, the dog was the Mephisto. The power broker was Mephisto. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah. And so my my thoughts on this are Obviously, there's going to be a lot of multiverse stuff going on in the future, but I've always, and on this podcast, I've expressed this, I always thought they were going to be delicate with it because if you go too multiverse too quickly, it gets out of hand and 
the believability can be a little bit lower than you'd like. So mm. you have to be careful when you go multiverse and do it intentionally. And so even though we've been clamoring for it, we still only have the title of Doctor Strange to really point to anything to show that the multiverse is, is happening as we speak. Yeah. Loki is going to get into it as we see, like literally a trailer that came out less than a month ago. Finally, it kind of acknowledges some level of a multiverse. And so now we're going to get into that. But moving forward, I think my the thing I'm the most excited about is the, you know, the WandaVision lead up into Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Mm. Now, I'm a little bit biased here because like to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was one of the first maybe the first superhero movie that I've ever truly watched over and over and enjoyed. Yeah, same here. And I mean it was it was so well done back then. But I I'm so excited to see what they're doing with Doc Ock and Electro and all these characters that um we've seen in the past and seeing them being brought to life because I'm curious if that is a product of the multiverse. I, I believe it, it has to be. Yeah. To me, and we've talked about this before, Spider-Man is going to be as relevant to the multiverse as any movie we have um, we will see in this phase. Because when we're talking, about, I mean, it's not confirmed, but when you're talking about multiple Spider-Men and these villains from a, another reality, really, how else does that make yeah. sense? Right. You know? So I, I'm very uh, excited to see the... Uh, passing of the baton from WandaVision to Spider-Man to Doctor Strange because they already told us ahead of you know these these movies and TV shows that that is kind of the process that they're taking and when I see you know that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come out of their portals or whatever I'm so excited for that and if it doesn't happen then so be it but I really think that's going to have such a large impact because it's going to give us this this idea of anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about the multiverse that I truly love because the, the thing that spooks me and always has about the multiverse is using it too much. But if you, if you use it sparingly and then in the future, we're always going to be going into a movie going, who are we about to see? Like, is, yeah. is Robert Downey Jr. going to show up? <laughs> is, is Chris Evans here? Is Chris Hemsworth? Like, we're going to be 20 years down the line. We're going to be like, there can be a portal that opens up and changes this whole movie right now at any moment, you know? So I'm very excited to see uh, the the speculation leading into each movie and then how they deliver on that. Yeah, and to, to add to the point, I mean, Spider-Man honestly is one of like the, the better characters to introduce something like the multiverse because of the many different people who have had the name Spider-Man. Like, it's not just Peter Parker. Like, there's Ben Riley, there's Kane Parker, um, and, you know, you have the whole Scarlet Spider thing. Um, so there's Miles Morales. I mean, there's, there's many different Spider-Men, and... So he's actually like one of the more perfect characters to actually like do anything multiversal related in the beginning, just because number one, he's a beloved character, but like also, yeah, you, there's a lot of things you can do with Spider-Man to bring in something from the multiverse. Um, now, granted, as you said, these are different versions of the Peter Parker Spider-Man, which is perfectly cool and fine. 
So it'll be interesting if they make any kind of reference to like the 834 universe or like anything like that. Like if one of those Spider-Men is actually from a different universe, like, um, well, I mean, it's kind of like how they did uh, like the Flash and um, this new Batman movie that's coming out with Robert Pattinson. Like that's Earth 2 Batman. So he actually hasn't he has no connection to the Justice League Batman by Ben Affleck, which is very very interesting like because you know <laughs> there's so many different iterations of these characters there's so many different you know uh so many different possibilities but i think yeah it, it, yeah spider-man is a great way to introduce people into the multiverse for sure and he's got such a large assortment of villains and yeah you know just characters period in that universe that you know, sometimes it might take the multiverse to, to bring out the the rogue gallery. Mm. And speaking of multiverse, speaking of Spider-Man, speaking of Miles Morales, mm. our third question comes in from John Steele again. Shout out to John. He's got two questions on the show. He is leading on the leaderboard. <laughs> um, a segue into asked, a segue. Yeah, a, right. Uh, he asked, what are your thoughts on Miles Morales coming to the MCU? Ooh. So, I think, personally, this is something that will eventually happen. I do believe it's going to take place. Um, now, here's here's really the question to me, and I'm just going to add on to his question. Okay. Because to me, the likelihood of him coming anytime soon is quite low. I, I really believe he's a five to ten year project maybe of you know a next well first of all peter parker is, is such a a important character right now in the mcu timeline yeah however my my question that i will add to it is what are the chances we do see him in the next spider-man as a version of spider-man and if that were to take place how, the, how would you do that considering it's two different digital worlds yeah so uh i think the likelihood of him actually showing up in spider-man 3 is higher than you think it is it's not great i like it but it's higher than you think it is because they've already referenced him in that universe they've like they've already done that like they've already set up miles morales in the spider-man movies so it's actually a lot higher than I think anyone thinks that he could actually pop up in Spider-Man 3. Um, because everyone knows who Peter Parker is. That's actually a great storyline yeah. to use, is that everyone knows who Peter Parker is. No one's going to know if Miles Morales' Spider-Man pops up. They're not going to know who he is. They're just going to see him as a different Spider-Man. They're going to be like, oh, there's two now? Nobody you know what knows. I mean? Right. And what better way to, like, fend off the possible, like, horde of enemies that's now going to be chasing after Peter Parker than to recruit Miles Morales? Which, yeah, so I think it's a lot higher than people think that he would be in because, yeah, they've already referenced him. Uh, Donald Glover's character in, uh, what was it, Spider-Man 1 or 2? 1. Um, yeah, he he's the Prowler, number one, for sure. Um. So yeah, and he said something about Miles. So like, yeah, it's uh, 
100%. I think it's likely that he pops up in Spider-Man 3. Like, it's not great chance, but it's likely. Like, I, I could see it happening. The thing that wards me off of that is I don't think they want to bring him into the MCU anytime soon. And so for them to put him in Spider-Man 3, they would have to cast somebody to be him unless you're going straight digital and I'm not really sure how you do that, but, Oh no. Um, so what that would mean is that they'd be sitting on that kid cast for however many years they wait to actually make his project. Now, you know, in Ant-Man, they just keep recasting the kid. So that's possible, but then the impact wouldn't be the same. So like the actual logistics of hiring a kid to start filming in four years uh, and just come do one scene is kind of tough to pull off. Um, but I think all things considered, if they could lock a kid down and, you know, bring him in for a 30 seconds in Spider-Man three, I think they'd do it. Mm -hmm. I just, it's hard to see that adding up, you know, mm. um, unless they have already casted somebody and, and, or have somebody strongly in mind mm -hmm. and they just like briefly, mention him with maybe a picture or something as like spider-man in the multiverse or something and he comes across the screen like maybe i can see that <laughs> yeah um but it would be a little bit weird if, if it's like spider-man assembled and there's no miles you know the, mm. all the spider-men are out you know i mean there's a pig spider-man well, so spider-ham <laughs> yeah peter porker yeah uh, um uh i think um i mean it just it's such a weird thing because to me, I think if we get Miles Morales, we should also probably get Ben Riley down the line. I think that would be kind of cool. And if we get Ben Riley, we should probably get Kane Parker. So. Like, <laughs> like, just flood. See, this the is MCU why they don't let you get one candy bar exactly. at the convenience exactly. store. Exactly. Because you want then more. You want a soda. You want everything. Potato it's chips. Too much. Everything. Yeah. You know what I was thinking, by the way? Ah. Just to branch off here. You remember what color the gas was? That was in the little little grenade looking things that Batrock was using in the season finale. Like yellowish? It was green. Green. What company may Oscorp. make green? Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, and he could potentially, and Sh actually Sharon is linked to somebody who needs weapon tech. Oscorp. Green. She supplied Batrock with the green. Maybe. Um, materials yeah. just saying yeah just saying that's interesting it could be something I, i'm not opposed to yeah. I, I, I like that i, I like, like that too. um so and i think oscorp is eventually coming like uh, well, there's no doubt yeah. no yeah easily. so just uh, bringing hmm. it to attention i thought the i thing would with, throw it out there the thing with norman osborne though is that he kind of like takes his own initiative he doesn't really like rely on too many other people from what I remember of of Norman Osborn, like he well, Sharon not, could be a subsidiary. He, he you could make that. I personally think Sharon's like we're we're getting into aim. I think with her. At least I hope. Yeah, <laughs> I hope we're getting into aim with her. That that'd be sick, because there's no better way to like. That's a great way to bring in like villains for Captain America Four, is have Sharon Carter basically be like. The power broker who's like f 
funneling into the AIM project. That'd be that'd be. I just want to see Oscorp. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I want all the goblins. Yeah. Um, it's so funny that like, it's so MCU to not have the Green Goblin in either of the first two Spider-Man movies. Right. They're just like, we're gonna do it our way. <laughs> well, like we'll every, get there. They they've chosen like really weird like minus the the original trilogy Spider-Man movies. Yeah. They've made the weirdest picks of like people to like put into movies. Vulture I liked and I liked that they did the lizard and the Andrew Garfield one. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way he looked, but I liked the lizard being there and I liked Vulture being in the first Spider-Man movie. But like my god, did they choose some like really random characters to kind of throw in. Like Electro's kind of cool, but like so drastically different than like what you would think of Electro. Right. And the story wasn't like amazing. It was pretty good. And actually I think Jimmy Fox like put it over a lot more than it was. Well remember uh with Jamie in the next movie, he's not gonna be blue anymore. Oh so. yeah, yeah. That that's gonna be interesting. Um But yeah, they've they've weird character choice. Like the shocker was in the first spider-man movie with tom holland for like what like a minute (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly part of it is just got to be the sony thing like the the, the relationship because when it was full 100 percent sony and they were doing their own thing back in the early 2000s like they were killing it with villains yeah they went right right for the jugular you know the the green goblin yeah doc yeah i mean come on sandman (laughs) venom that's some great, <laughs> like, some great villains. Oh yeah, they, they went all out. I don't know who. They only have rights to certain villains, and they don't have rights to any villains by themselves. They have yeah. to contract them out. So, right, I, uh, it might. It's not going to be price. They're not going to be priced out of anything. But uh, Green Goblin just might not catch their interest right now. But That's, we'll we'll see in the future. We we gotta have Oscorp. Uh, yeah, I believe it's on its way. Yeah, and it just. You know, we're in need of some big evil corporations right now because they've all kind of <laughs> fallen. Yeah, so, uh, that's true. It will come in due time. Our next question is from Catherine Reed. Mm. She asked uh, us to settle a debate. Okay. And I will be leaning on you for this one because, again, anybody joining us for the first time, I am a devout Marvel fan. However, yeah, when it comes to certain things... You, you ever watch? I wouldn't say that though. I haven't even finished my sentence. You ever watch Stump the Schwab when you were little on ESPN? Of course. Guy knew everything. That was the best. He show knew everything. Howie Schwab. Yeah. You are the Schwab on this show, and I am the oh, contestant that knows a lot and wants to test. So, the question is: What do I have? Like an all-seeing Oliver Queen from Arrow <laughs> versus Bucky in hand-to-hand combat? Who would you take? And I'm. I am not somebody I've seen Arrow before, but I did not watch it all the way through as a series. And so I, I watched a couple of videos just to uh, see the fighting style and whatnot. And I am led back to where I thought I would be. And I would yeah. take Bucky, not just because I love him and his character and Sebastian Stan and he's awesome, but his super soldierness, I feel like would put it over the top. Um, Hmm. This is interesting. This is a this is a good debate. I'm not going to lie. This is actually one of the better debates, I think. And but there's one caveat t- 
to this debate that I think is worth noting, and it's probably the biggest thing worth noting, is there have been seven seasons, I think, of Arrow. Eight, I believe. Yeah. And we've had, what, like, total screen time for Bucky? Two hours. Yeah. Maybe three. So, basically, one whole season of Arrow equated to the amount of screen time that Bucky's had in the MCU. Um, so, yeah, I think I think people that would lean more towards Arrow are people that, like, devoutly, like, watch the show. And Absence I get that. makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would say, I mean, you're not wrong in a way, but, like... Bucky being a super soldier with that arm in hand-to-hand combat. You're going to break up their settlement, so. Yeah, it's Bucky. Okay. It's Bucky. Uh, And and I might get some hate for that, but, like, yeah, I I would. It's difficult. It's a tough, tough decision, but I I would say Bucky. And it's literally because we just haven't seen enough of Bucky. Like, if we were to actually throw in, uh, like, the different versions of Bucky that we haven't seen or, like, we're, we're probably never going to get, then, yeah. Oh, dude, it's, yeah. I Bucky. would love to do an episode on who would beat who one-on-one oh, in, to. within certain parameters. Yeah. Because you have to set parameters. You have to. Um, Arrow's actually, he's... Man, like I actually kind of wanted to say Arrow. I knew you did. I, I really did. Like I, I was very close, but the hand-to-hand caveat, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Bucky on that one. Okay. So sorry to. So the, Catherine, the son, uh, right? What's that? It was the son. I uh, probably picked Arrow. I, think. I would assume. I think Catherine's got a bit of a crush on Bucky. So. Uh well. We all I, do. We all do, <laughs> uh, dude. It's it's. Bucky's awesome. Yeah. Sebastian Stan played the heck out of the character yeah um next we have jesse uh, schwartz and they asked what marvel projects are you most excited for um that have been announced uh, coming up in the future so uh, i would love if you would start this one off okay announced once again to kind of set parameters here have to yeah we're doing well, that set parameters yeah uh I'll pick one that is that has a date, and then I'll pick one that doesn't have a date. That's like to be announced later. Left at the altar. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll start with <laughs> I'll start with uh one that has been announced, like it has a date. Uh, obviously not a firm date, but a date nonetheless. Uh, I would say Thor four would be the one that I'm most excited for, uh, purely because of Gore the God Butcher. Because that is setting up, oh my gosh, it's setting up, I mean, once again, we talk about like the Sony exclusivity kind of like rights to certain characters and stuff like that. Gore the God Butcher to me is like a direct setup for King Venom, which was a great story. Uh, Was it King in Black, I think it's called? Uh, uh, Donny Cates, I think, was the writer. Um, 
if we're getting into Gorg the God Butcher territory, man, we're, we're setting up so many different things for the future as far as like uh, symbiote beings in the MCU. Um, and so, yeah, easily Thor 4 for me would be the of the ones that are that have a date um so yeah yeah i'll do the same uh well if you've been listening for the past 15 minutes you could probably guess this answer <laughs> because mine would be the third spider-man um uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued by that you picked the third spider-man yeah. i thought you'd maybe pick dr strange and here's the funny thing is if you if you know my preference Spider-Man, as I mentioned before, was like my first character that I really liked. Mm. And I have not, I hadn't fallen in love with Spider-Man from this MCU. And that's not a popular opinion because Spider-Man is renowned and, you know, loved. And Tom Holland's portrayal is loved. And I've never had an issue with Tom Holland's portrayal. I've never um, not liked the a movie that I've seen him in or a performance that he's given. Uh, I did wish a little bit that he wasn't such a protege of Tony Stark because he, I feel like he That's... deserves a little bit more credit as a character of building his own, you know, mm-hmm. skills and reputation. Um, but like none of it has anything to do with me not liking. I love the Spider-Man movies. I just didn't put them like in my top 10. Yeah, and I, you know, I love the MCU films, so it's hard to get into my top ten, to be honest. But when like he dusted, and the whole theater was just like taken aback and crying, like that wasn't me. Like I wasn't Tom Holland Spider Man. Feels he, they, he's the one character that I was just like, okay, wow, I got the feels. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't have that. But I, mm, yeah, I, I feel what you exactly what you're saying. Because I feel the same way. I just didn't have the emotional connection to his character yet. Yeah. And I may develop it. I, I, I haven't to this point. I really appreciate his character. And I loved the, the story between him and Tony. But, I mean, I was more concerned with a lot of the other people that I had 10 years with, you know. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Is like right. I, I wasn't. Right. You know, it's just interesting that everybody just fell in love with him so quickly when, yeah. you know, I was worried about Thor and, like, how how's – How's Chadwick? How are we doing? You know? Yeah. So I, I was just more concerned with other things at the time. So it is a little bit of a surprise to you probably that yeah, I would choose sure. Spider- Spider-Man 3, but it's not about Spider-Man. It's about the implications of the series mm. at this point. And all the opportunities that Spider-Man gives you as a franchise is so exciting because he does have so many cool villains. And like he should be the best movie f- franchise in the MCU. Like yeah that should be the case that iron man was brought to prosperity from tony stark and um john favreau mm-hmm. like they did that work yeah. there's a reason that he's so beloved and rdj um, did i say tom holland tony huh? stark you said tony stark well yeah. they were, okay rdj his portrayal yeah, as yeah, tony yeah. stark oh, yes yeah um okay yeah i was like what did i say we, we both threw each other <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean he was an unknown quantity quantity no commodity unknown commodity yeah and uh now he's you know become the face well now he doesn't have a face but um so sorry too soon uh so spider-man should be the next 
leader of the MCU moving forward, but with how Doctor Strange's popularity has skyrocketed and Sam mm-hmm. Wilson now mm-hmm. and Wanda and you know, there's a lot of characters that have taken up that mantle and we really need to see a grown-up Spider-Man because we haven't seen him come into his own yet and that's what I'm projecting. Uh, this is me saying I want to love Spider-Man. Yeah. And I really think they can hit a home run. I love the title No Way Home because the last one uh, and the previous one of Homecoming and um, Far From Home. Far From Home, yes. It, it just it was two things that signified him his evolution and now it's No Way Home. Now wall you know back against the wall he's got to figure this thing out partially by himself this time like he's yeah he is at uh risk and now the world's against him because he's revealed and i'm just super excited to see what's next for him so i i'm telling him i'm throwing you a fastball right down the middle ken griffey jr's up at the plate hmm. just swing man yeah just swing uh man yeah I- it's a very controversial topic, but yeah, I think that to me, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are overrated. Uh, and that's oh, we just lost all of our viewers. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hear me out, though. Hear me out, though. The Peter Parker character, as you said, is lost. Like it's lost. It's kind of like a little bit of its luster. It's fine. And I like it, and I enjoy it, and I really love Tom Holland's acting as Spider-Man, and I really love, I really enjoy the Spider-Man movies, but that's not really, like, a good portrayal to me of Peter Parker, because he's too caught up in what Tony Stark is doing, and what, you know, like, being the next Tony Stark, and that's really not Peter Parker, man. Like, yeah, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker is actually the probably still the best representation of the Peter Parker character that, that we've had. That was so sad, man. Because it's sad, but he's also doing things by himself, and he's going on these journeys by himself. Which and is messing exactly, things up, and then taking and then, care of it himself. Exactly, exactly. Tom Holland's character had it's, to keep having his messes cleaned up by Tony Stark. Exactly. And which, he, never, he didn't grow from that. Which, when you're telling that story, that's fine, because you're setting up storyline between Tony Stark and Peter Parker, yes. which is what they needed. And it worked for the MCU. Yeah, because you, if, if you didn't have that, there's no payoff with that scene in, in Infinity War. Exactly. Like, if we didn't have those interactions with Tony Stark and Peter Parker, no they one would cry. Yeah, no one would cry when Peter Parker gets dusted because there's no connection. Yeah. Like, the the whole scene with Tony Stark saying, like, never say that you're sorry to me ever again, Right something along those lines and then he gets dusted and then that's the last thing he says to Tony is I'm sorry. And it's like that's what really hit people I think in the feels. Yeah. Is because that's the last thing he says. Well, and if you don't have that connection established between those two characters then there's no one feels that emotion when he gets dusted. And I think people just fell in love with him really fast. Like yeah. think about it. It took us a while to really fall for Chris Evans' Captain America. Mm-hmm. It took us a while to get into Sam Wilson. It took us a while to get into any of these characters. Yeah. And immediately as he graced the screen, you know, everybody fell in love with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. My argument would honestly be that that you were supposed to fall in love with him in Endgame, in Infinity War, into his third movie. Like That was his coming out party, and this will be his established you know super this is my role my time it 
He was still learning in the first two. It, it, it makes me wonder, in all honesty, and, and I know that it's probably going to be some kind of thing for the What If show, or someone's probably done a YouTube video on it. I, I don't know. But, like, it really makes me wonder how much different the Peter Parker character would be with Tom Holland if it was Tony Stark that got dusted, not him. Because if it's Tony Stark that yeah. gets dusted and not Peter, then would, Peter's would forced into doing it sooner. Yep. And I think that that brings out a better Peter Parker. But now we're getting that. Right. Now his back's exactly. against the wall now, which is fine. So I, I, yeah. I think both of us will get that payoff of like finally seeing like the best iteration of yes. Peter Parker possible. I, yeah, that's the thing is I think this could be the best Spider-Man movie we've seen. Yeah, and that's a like saying a lot because Spider-Man Two, from back in the early two thousands, is seen as uh, one of the greatest superhero movies ever. Yeah. So, so he's got a shot here, and he really I think we got to the crux of it. It, it has nothing to do with having a problem with his portrayal or the character or the story it's just that he wasn't meant to be a phenomenal solo character yet Mm -hmm. he was meant to fit into the mcu which is fine because he's really young like really young and so he has another six to eight movies in him if he so chooses right so the longevity was the play here yeah and now that he's getting his breakout time he should really you know hit it to the moon so Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm very excited. And uh, really want to feel something. I want to feel attached to Spider-Man. And so the next time he is at high-level risk, which, by the way, he's never been in mm-hmm. in any of his movies. He was never legitimately facing death or anything. And it was always around the corner in the previous Spider-Man movies. Um, and other characters have dealt with that uh, in the MCU. So, you know, he was a little kid, and he was having things cleaned up for him. Yeah. That's fine. But now it's his time to grow, and I really want to see that. Uh, before I get into my pick for the thing I'm most excited for oh, that yeah. hasn't been <laughs> took a while, huh? given a date yet, uh, I will say one final thought on, on Peter Parker. To me, the Spider-Man movies and the Peter Parker that we have right now almost just added more emotional weight and emotional value to the Tony Stark character. Like, would you say that that's a fair assumption to make? That yeah, it, the first it, it just movie was all about more... Tony's journey as a... It, it was more about Tony fulfilling being... Doing something bigger than himself Yeah. than Tom's character being, you know, taught. You know, it, it was I mean, it was self-righteousness from Tony and then turned into love. Yeah. I mean, we look at Endgame and it's... He's being literally talked... He's, he's being, you know trying to be persuaded by cap and black widow who he has lots of time with like lots of camaraderie with in the avengers and it takes him seeing the picture of peter parker that ultimately like swoons him into actually yeah the last so i think it just added more weight to tony's character than it really did anything for peter parker so far and it's probably needed because the last two iron man movies weren't were that bad. great what, like <laughs> yeah. in total in the mcu they didn't have a lot of heavy you know emotion yeah. to them and so spider-man gave him that extra little oomph and mm-hmm. when you guys saw you know spider-man dust to me i saw robert or it's tony losing a, a friend yeah <laughs> so sure, sure. it hit both ways yeah absolutely so uh yeah what's so, what's my, your future project you're interested in 
This was tough. I mean, it's it's kind of obvious if you've listened to us before, but uh, and I'm going to pick the obvious one, but I'm going to throw in a tiny little subversion, I guess. Uh, Fantastic Four would obviously be the one that I'm most excited for that hasn't like had a date yet, but 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 <laughs> the one that's like the extremely close second is the Moon Knight. Low hanging fruit. Yes, Moon Knight, one million percent. Yeah, we've talked about Moon Knight a little. Moonlight. Yeah, Moon Knight a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that given. It's based off source material for sure, and it depends on what kind of source material they use, how close they stay to that source material, or what they do with it. Uh, Moon Knight could be honestly, and I'm and I'm Babe Ruth right now. Con shot. Moon Knight could He's easily be the, wall, the, the best series that we see on Disney Plus so far. And I'm, and I'm going to actually put it above Loki. Okay. You, s- you said you're going to Babe Ruth it, but then you said could be. Uh, I'm going to need a little bit more emphasis. It'll be, it'll be the best. 100%. Stamp it. Put it in the books. Yep. It'll, it'll be said, the best. Moon Knight will be the best TV series it'll, of this cycle. Yes. It'll be the best TV series because of there's one source material that I think that they'll probably stay kind of close to. And with Oscar Isaac playing Moon Knight. I see I see the biggest home run we've seen. I like that. Loki's awesome and that character's and that show's gonna get into a lot of different things, hundred percent. But I don't think you can like the the best way I could possibly put into perspective what Moon Knight could be is like Shutter Island. The movie Shutter Island with Leo. Um and that's a fantastic movie. That's actually one of my like I, that's probably like non-Marvel top 10 movies for me, Shutter Island. Well, speaking of Fantastic, the one that you actually yeah. chose, you might want to talk about that Fantastic as well. Four, <laughs> yeah, Fantastic Four, but I mean, that's that's a... It's a given? That's a given. Fantastic Four, I've talked an, a lot about Fantastic Four in this show. Um, and it's just, they're Marvel's first family. That's you What know, are that's your first biggest. memories of Fantastic Four as a kid? Uh, I watched a little bit of the animated series. Um, because it was like way past its its date. <laughs> like by the time I got it was to spoiled. it, like it was yeah, it had been out for a long time. By the time I expired saw expired milk, yeah, expired, expired, expired. <laughs> um, I love that commercial. Me too, because it's relatable. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it would be the TV show, but also oh, just man. going into comic book store, our local comic book store when we were yeah. when we were kids. That was like by our campus <laughs> was uh. And going in there and, and just seeing like the different covers and you know uh posters and stuff like that of the Fantastic Four. Yep. Obviously too, like the movie that came out around that time with like Yeah, Jessica I mean it's, Alba, it's a big deal. Chris Evans. Because that was around the time where Spider Man was, was hot and yeah. you know, they were just kind of releasing a bunch of stuff and that was a Fox as well, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, it, it just it was a good time. It was a good time, it but fun. man, did it Missed the mark. It missed the mark big time. <laughs> but because Galactus was like a cloud. But <laughs> like it did introduce Chris Evans to the superhero world, it which did. in turn led to him getting the Captain America. And I hope we get some kind so, of multiversal thing. Man, if they can sign Chris Evans to do one movie, I would hope that it would be. <laughs> and the other the colossal mistake of the reboot brought us 
Killmonger. So oh, yeah, that's Michael true. Michael B. Jordan's Flame Out. Yeah. Like that, okay, okay, uh, okay. As the Human Torch led to Killmonger being uh, Michael B. Jordan. So yeah. all good things come to an end and all bad things come full circle. Yeah. So so what is your, like, announced but doesn't have a date Yeah, most excited Speaking thing? Speaking of Killmonger, um, the Wakanda series. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited for that. Anybody that knows me knows I love Black Panther. When Black Panther came out, I saw it four times the first week. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that it was like so much better than everything else. Honestly, it was because I had movie pass at the time. (laughs) And so it was completely free. Oh, And I was just going at like 930 at night. I was just having a good time, man. And I mean, I loved it. It was so good. And from this series... Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they've left us with a lot of cool stuff happening in Wakanda right now. And along with, uh, well, our final question um, has to do with Black Panther and how things are going to be you know, moving mm. forward. So to me, the Wakanda series is really going to give us an in-depth look at Wakanda while we get a storyline based around Wakandan characters in the movies. So I'm very intrigued to see what Wakanda looks like on the inside because the technology is something they they really haven't explored yet. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's a very interesting series because we know nothing. Like yeah. we don't know because w- it's not a Black Panther series; it's a Wakanda series. Yeah, so like you don't Wakanda. really know what's like encompassed in that. Like you don't know. It may not even be starring anybody that we know. Right. The main character itself could actually just be Wakanda. Like it might just be a Koye or something like that. Right. Might focus on Dora Milaje or Yeah. And and that's interesting to me because uh like I said I think before, um the thing that I'm most interested in is T'Challa got snapped. So he got he got dusted. What happened in that five-year time in Wakanda? That's what yeah, I hope they get into. I think that's what we're going to get. Because I think Black Panther 2, they're not going to mess around with that too much. I think they're kind of going to get into something kind of hot and heavy. Yeah. And, and I think the Wakanda series could pick up on that. Our final question um, was given to us by our lovely f- friend, Grace. Oh, we love and, Grace. Uh, thank you, Grace. She's been supporting us from the beginning here. I'm sorry I didn't like the, the wine, but... That's not the wine's fault. That's mine. Yeah, it's your fault. Because I just, yeah. It's your fault. It's my fault. Okay. I'm sorry, Grace. Um, so Grace asked, uh, as far as the Black Panther series goes, from now on, how will they proceed? And really the, the underlying question there is with T'Challa now not in the mix because Chadwick Boseman's passing, uh, what are they going to do moving forward? And we've discussed this a little bit in the past. We have a previous Black Panther episode. Uh, and we'll do a, another one in the future as it becomes more and more, um, you know, close to, you know, some news and notes that gets announced about it. Yeah. Uh, I think we felt strongly together and the same Kevin Feige and, you know, Kugler, they all feel the same way that T'Challa should not be recast. Mm-mm. Uh, Chadwick did his job. He did it brilliantly and we're good with that. Like his story is over. Um, there may be some remnants left to, you know, put in cement uh, for his ultimate story in the MCU. But his character is, is done. It's done its job. So what that leaves is 
who takes over the mantle? Does anybody take over the mantle? Did somebody take it over in those five years when T'Challa was snapped? Mm. Is that explained in the Wakanda series? Is that explained in Black Panther 2? Is our villain Namor? There's a lot of you know yeah. questions here. And I think both of us, uh, we, my leaderboard for whoever takes over would be um, M'Baku with Shuri second. And I always forget his name, but Daniel Kaluuya's character, I wouldn't mind ascending to a leadership role either. Uh, but what are your thoughts on uh, the Black Panther mantle and then whatever you see for Wakanda moving forward? Uh, I would say source material kind of leans towards Shuri, obviously being like the next Black Panther, which is f- awesome. But um, ah, this is this is tough because you're right. Like M'Baku would be a very strong candidate for being like the next Black Panther. However, uh, the storylines that would be implicated with Shuri make more sense for her to be Black Panther because there's more emotional weight for the character to explore if it's Shuri rather than if it's M'Baku. If it's M'Baku, his emotional weight would more come from just being the leader of Wakanda now. It wouldn't really have any ties to T'Challa or T'Chaka. It would literally just be that he's, you know, fighting for Wakandans. With Shuri... Her being a direct blood relative to T'Challa, T'Chaka, it, there's a lot of like emotional value in Shuri being the next Black Panther, and I think that's why they might lean towards that. And they love her, like they love the actress a lot. Um, and of course they love everybody that's that's there, but like, um, I I think I think it would make the most sense to me if Shuri is is the next Black Panther um and I know that you kind of like you like her more in that like tech role and that's yeah 100% um but I think the storyline for Black Panther 2 could be that either it takes place and we don't know yet obviously but like it could either take place in that five year gap or it could take place like right after and depending on that we'll see like who is the black panther or like if the mantle gets passed to her or if like you've said before like it's fought over um i'm really curious into this i would i would really bank on it though being shuri as the next black panther i would i would handicap her as the most likely yeah um and as far as like storyline going forward would be I would love to see and this is what I wanted to see from T'Challa I would love to see the like kind of like the uh, you're not worthy type storyline with her because that carries even more emotional weight to the character it because fits her it, better too because she does. wasn't like naturally ascended mm, into it perfectly right um so i i would love to see that kind of and what i mean by that is uh putting that character in a position where wakanda becomes so vulnerable that it gets attacked and 
many Wakandans die or like Wakanda is like split in half or, or something massive and catastrophic happens to yeah. Wakandan people. And because of that, the ancestors judge Shuri because we've seen in the past and like the Hickman's Avengers run when T'Challa is not willing to blow up another planet to save Earth. He's literally confronted by the ancestors like he's trans he's like teleported to the astral plane and it's like the ancestors are like you're not willing to kill them to save your people your wakandan people then you will not have access to like this life this afterlife when you die yeah and it's such an emotional like thing because he's like, wow, like not only am I going to lose my life, my people, but I also am not going to fulfill like my destiny in a way. I'll lose eternity. I'll lose eternity as well. Exactly. And it's because he's not willing to do that. And I think that if you put Shuri in that box, like if you put her in that, it just adds so much more to an already awesome character. Yeah. So. And T'Challa had his own. You know, when he lost his fight and, you know, was shown to be the inferior fighter, lost his crown, um, and then had to be rescued and go into the astral plane. And he tells his father, I'm I'm not ready, you mm. know. And uh, that was the one story. I thought when Black Panther came out, I was like in love with the, the story and the background and the ideologies. The one thing that I felt was a little bit missing was the early development of T'Challa's character. Mm. And then later in the film, I was like, this is what I wanted because that's where he has this crazy self-doubt. And, you know, he overcomes it like in a seemingly every superhero story, but <laughs> it's good. That's why it's repeated. It's called the hero's journey for a reason. Yeah, it, it's it's great. It, it's wonderful. And she, with her possibly maybe being anointed the, the king, queen, uh, you know, Black Panther, she will probably have some speed bumps where she's like, I don't know if I'm actually worthy or if I was just placed here and maybe the ancestors are looking down upon me. Maybe my soldiers don't trust me. So, yeah, if she can have her own hero's journey, then that would be great. Obviously, they need to go a different route than they did last time, like a challenge to the throne. But there's ways to do it, and I would love to see it. One thing in the Wakanda series that I would absolutely love to see is some older footage like at the beginning of black panther we get a a cartoon montage of the beginning of wakanda yeah and how vibranium struck the planet and it got you know into its roots and then we see just an animation of the tribes and everything i would love to see some actual film of that that would be nice so you know you can't base the entire series back then i don't think or i wouldn't think that they would want to do that but i would love to see some some scenes from the original Wakanda and how that worked and why, why are they so split up? Why are they so divided? You know, they're, it's funny because, uh, Killmonger's idea was, you know, black, you know, relevance and, and lifting them up. But within the actual country of Wakanda, there's segregation all over the place from yeah. tribe to tribe. So right. it shows that no matter how your intentions and no matter who you are, human nature unfortunately gets kind of ugly with divisiveness Definitely. and i would love to see the um all the separate tribes existences as a you know one people and then 
give us a little bit of like the airbender story where everybody kind of goes their separate routes and then is mm. uh, eventually reunited by this this one king or the black panther itself i so, would love to see that yeah yeah that's, i would that's i would weird. love to see that as far as the series of wakanda goes and we've discussed some other options and then moving forward as i mentioned mbaku shuri are my top two like easily my top two so i think it makes the most sense as warriors to have mbaku uh, because he's proved himself to be loyal powerful and just and i think those are the most important things in a leader and shuri has to the end of the world the right intentions so that's like the chris evans the sam wilson she's mm -hmm. more of that type and uh so I, I think that would be a very interesting scenario either way and as we talked about before i don't want to see a conflict between those two i want to see them stay strong and uh moving into the future uh i do hope and i believe we'll see namor as a villain and but i don't think i think he's going to be a bit of a tweener as fantastic four makes it he, a scent up into the mcu He's, and uh, I'm just yeah. excited for all the possibilities of Wakanda and Black Panther. Yeah, as far as Namor is concerned, like he would easily be brought in probably as villainous, but at the end of the day, he's just the anti-hero. So uh, there's going to be times in his story where he's actually kind of looked at as like a hero and looked at as like, um, you know, someone that we need, um, because he is going to be pretty freaking powerful. I like to call those opportunists. Yes. Opportunists. They're, they will uh, do good as long as it benefits them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and once again, you know, I, I really hope they use Hickman for, for the, uh, like source material because that's it that if they do that it makes it, it adds so many different layers to not only namor but many other characters in the future as well like dr doom like uh galactus uh you know um if they choose to do thanos again i mean there's lots of opportunities with namor um and honestly bringing him in for black panther 2 would be perfect to me i, I can't see a better way because I, I don't think unless they like wait wait it off I, I can't see him being a, a, a the main villain of the first fantastic four movie like there's no way that he would be the main villain of the first fantastic four movie because usually when you do an origin yeah. it's kind of like a not a not that it's a bad villain it's just like an, a villain that like it's not like a big time formidable foe typically uh like i could totally see them doing like the puppet master for the fantastic four's first villain as like you know old man jenkins <laughs> <laughs> yeah he pulls off the mask <laughs> Tony Stark, like yeah, endless possibilities, right? Would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't yeah, that thing. meddling <laughs> <laughs> Loki, yeah, whoever it is, yeah, um, endless possibilities always. Uh, Jesse Schwartz, shout out to you for uh, saying that you know we have a, a great podcast. That's that's always oh, so fun to hear. Awesome, man! Like that's that hits so deep for sure. Um. 
we've reached the end of our questions. Mm-hmm. I guess the the last things things that weren't asked, but I would have uh, maybe asked if I was just a fan. Um, who's your favorite superhero? Oh, oh, I love these. I love these. This yes. is my question, Jordan. Jordan from Carbondale. Jordan. Jordan <laughs> from Carbondale. Who's my favorite superhero? Marvel wise, I would say. Uh, you can give me anything. I don't care. Ooh, that is tough, dude. I'll give you mine. Okay. He resides in Chicago, Illinois. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> that's your favorite. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. He was in Space Jam. He was in Space Jam. That's that's a as a superhero. But beyond that, um, as an MCU fan, I think it's become Captain America in whatever role you want to say. Yeah. It, to me, it, the most the one that I could most relate to was Captain America. So mm-hmm. uh, there's not a deep answer for that. It just it just is. It's how I feel. It, it could change in the future, but. If I was to pick somebody in a lineup for who committed the crime, I would immediately be drawn to <laughs> to Chris Evans. Uh, and and at this point, I'm so excited for Sam Wilson. So yeah, if we're going, it's whatever you want. If we're going comic related, sure. I would say uh, I would say Spider Man, just because I, I think he's the most relatable hero. Uh, if we're going MCU, easily Captain America. And if we're going DC, um, if we're going DC, I would say The Flash is my favorite. I would go Batman with with DC. Uh, you know, overplayed, whatever. Yeah, just Batman. It's hard dude, to avoid Batman because of the Christopher Nolan you, series. You want to know a funny story? When I was in like kindergarten, you and Jacob, know how I got these scars. Yeah. That's all I could think of. <laughs> Jacob probably remembers this, our, our good friend. Uh, we had like police come in, and the they, dare officers. No, oh. uh, they were doing a thing. It was kind of weird, actually, looking back on it, but it, it makes sense. But it was like a thing for like, unless if if one of us got kidnapped, like so oh. they would take our picture, they'd have our fingerprints on tap, like they they'd have all this stuff, and they recorded video of us, and they would ask us questions like that. What like when what do you want to be when you grow up? It was like kindergarten. They were like, what, what do you want to be We went to the same up? kindergarten. I don't remember. <laughs> I think they took you in the closet. No, 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 There was several kids, man. It was like a take your <laughs> oh, turn. Oh, man. Like they Maybe I didn't get fingers. invited. Right. They rolled your fingers whatever, okay. for fingerprints. I'm then they you. asked you, like, you know, what do you, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, and this no. is on what camera. And everybody else was like, oh, I want to be like an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. I want to do this. I was like, I want to be Batman. <laughs> you can be Batman. <laughs> Elon Musk could be Batman if he really wanted to. If he really wanted to, yeah. It's but not I logical. Why would you do it? No, well, and Elon the Musk way, being Batman was like, very logical. Well, most people like equate Gotham with like Chicago. Oh, and, yeah. And Batman wouldn't last in Chicago. He would not last. <laughs> <laughs> he would struggle in Carbondale. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's up against. No. These villain these these criminals are faster, stronger. There's <laughs> a different ball game than one, back then, man. One crackhead and it's yeah, it's, it's over. over. With no arms. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd yeah. be man, it'd be a quick KO. Um But I like that question. What's your favorite superhero? I like, and I like questions like that. Turning it around, what's your favorite supervillain? Ooh, um supervillain. Uh comic related, uh supervillain. Ooh. 
Mm, that's tough man. do you consider the joker a supervillain? yeah okay i do too he doesn't I, have true powers no but, but he, he's, he's a super he's villain. a vil- like he's, he's a god tier villain yeah you know? absolutely because of yeah the, dude he's yeah he's a super villain. my favorite in the in marvel would be mr sinister I, i've developed yeah. a love from him i played uh marvel strike force and i went down a rabbit hole with his backstory and just had so much fun with him. He's a very um, cool villain. And in DC, you know, Batman, oh, J- the Joker. Dude, uh, favorite X-Men character. I forgot about that. Um, my favorite X-Men character would be... You don't be, even answer the supervillain. I, I will get skipping well, over my I'm, I'm, I'll here. get to that, though. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. My, my favorite X-Men hero would be Cyclops, 100%. See, I don't like Cyclops. Everyone hates on Cyclops. I, I like Cyclops. He's my favorite. Um, because he's kind of like that Captain America type character for the X Men to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but favorite villains, I would say DC villain. Um, man, it's really hard not to pick Dark Side. Uh, so yeah, I would say Dark Side. Lex Luthor would be up there um marvel comic related i'm gonna go crazy uh marvel comic related i'd actually go the magus i think he's a really cool villain that i hope that they maybe do in the future um and then marvel in like the mcu i would say i thanos is too obvious so i'm not gonna pick thanos yeah um best mcu villain uh hmm there haven't been a lot of elite mcu villains no it comes down to thanos killmonger and loki generally and you're not a big loki fan as far as villainous no because you put him like sixth or something on your <laughs> ranking <laughs> oh like there's that, that again uh, you might have put him ninth i can't even remember how low i think you put it was him. like sixth or seventh yeah what uh I think I had him second. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I would say Dormammu would be my favorite MCU villain. Job of the Hut. Yeah. Job of the Hut. That's interesting. So, so we got favorite hero, favorite super uh, villain. And what? Well, wait, what were yours? You had the Joker. Joker, Mister Sinister. Mister Sinister. And then um, Marvel was Captain America, and uh, Batman was DC. Right. Okay. I think that was it. Nice. And then I had one more question. Okay. What is your favorite non-finale Harry Potter film? <laughs> this is a get to know you segment. Oh a little bit of our background. Oh my gosh, man. Cuz my favorite is is the final movie. It was just so many levels of emotion. Non-finale. A lot of fun, though. but non-finale favorite Harry Potter movie. Oh man. So we got Sorcerer's Stone, we got Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, Half Blood Prince, and then the first <sighs> of the final, which is is eligible, mm. and is highly underrated in my opinion. Highly underrated, yeah. It was so good. The story criminally honestly, underrated was might be better than um, any other movie. Yeah, but it was just looked at as the precursor. Hmm. Chamber of Secrets is awesome. 
Chamber of Secrets is pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool. So, uh, Goblet of Fire is iconic. Goblet of Fire, literally, is just because beloved. of you know. For Did you catch your name? <laughs> Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> like you never need to do that impression again. Ever again. <laughs> oh, but like, <laughs> ah, that was great. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to call that. That was just. What incoherent? Uh, that was random British guy. That was yeah. definitely not <laughs> Dumbledore. No. <laughs> uh, uh, Did you put your name <laughs> in the goblet? Of fire? He sound like a cartoon character. <laughs> that was great. Um, man, uh, man, Prisoner of Azkaban was really good too. Prisoner of Azkaban was the defining movie because it changed everything into a, a an adult film franchise yeah no, i would the, say that one child stuff i would say that one you would say the uh, third yeah because of uh oh man there's so many cool scenes like that actually yeah like yeah i'm gonna say that because it does kind of turn everything into like a more like adult style like yeah there's some heavy stuff going on in that film Whereas in Chamber of Secrets, it's more like, like it's very serious. Yeah. But like, you still kind of feel like, eh, you know, what, what's really going on here? And then you get to the ending, and you're like, huh. Yeah. Like that didn't. Yeah. I, I really love them all. I, I do too. I, I'm partial to any of them that have Quidditch in it. I'll oh, say that I love Quidditch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone has just this charm. The actors are not very good yet. Yeah. They're all figuring out their roles. You get the most of the experience of the magic school and going to Hogwarts. Um, and it's the first. It's so good. And but it's one of the best like first movies of the It's really good. Yeah. It's just compared to the rest of the series, it's not mm. nearly as good. And it's Chamber of Secrets in the same way, just in the fact that the acting was not great yet and they were still figuring themselves out as a series. Um I would I would be down to and it used to be Goblet of the Fire. Yeah. But I, I told you this, I watched it so many times that I've actually kind of talked myself out of this one. Love Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Mostly because I was so fooled by it at first. And and Order of the Phoenix has maybe the best scene in the entire series, but it gets a little bit lost because there's too much Dursleys. <laughs> uh Half Blood Prince. I would say is my favorite and that's not a common favorite. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really not. It's just really well done all the way through. And it focuses on Snape, which I love because Snape is like my favorite character. Um, Interesting. That says a lot. It's just, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. <laughs> and I go. really love the, the previous or the precursor to the finale, which is amazing storytelling. And, and if you watch, do this if you can and if you're truly a harry potter fan if you watch sorcerer's stone and then watch the final uh the the seventh movie the precursor to the finale just look at the difference in acting between these kids (laughs) and these adults yeah it's an acting clinic in the last uh two for sure so so i think what i'm getting from this is that we are finally actually going to get the uh harry potter movie marathon (laughs) yeah we will watch harry potter movies awesome so that was just a little bit of getting to know us. Uh, I'll add that on to the end and I'll put it at the end of the episodes. Cause if you don't want to hear it, totally okay with that. Understandable. 
Um, but if you want to know a little bit more about the Marvel guys, uh, you're going to find out if you'd like to. And in the future with this new project that I have coming out, you're going to find out even more about us. So I was going to say, I think this should be a thing. Oh, it is a thing. I already made it a thing 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I've decided. Very in- <laughs> it is decided. <laughs> Very end of, uh, of an episode. We'll, we'll get into yeah. some like questions. The great thing when you're personal. a dictator host is you just do things <laughs> and then you react to them. Yeah. And then I say, well, we're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I like that. we're going to have a little bit of fun at the end of our non uh, super important episodes where we're covering, you know, Things Episodic that are, things. you know, yeah, yeah. very necessary. Right. Um, we'll have some fun at the end of the episodes. So you guys can get to know us more. And if you want to know more, if you want to ask questions that are more personal to us, go ahead. Um, we're, we're an open book, and we love to talk about our fandom in, in any aspects. We love Marvel. We love fantasy. We love a lot of things. So mm. um, Lord of the Rings. we'll talk about anything, and we're going to focus on Marvel because that's what we're passionate about, and that's what you guys are here for. Mm-hmm. But we will venture out into other things if you guys want to hear it. So. Thank you for joining us. As always, uh, thanks for listening and subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, we would really appreciate it. If you can leave a review uh, to let us know how we're doing, we would love that as well. And if you can like us on Facebook, we also I'm uploading our podcast onto YouTube. So if you uh, would like to view it in a video form, go ahead. It's on there. And in the future, we'll try to get into some live shows. So uh, these Q and A's instead of taking them away ahead of time, uh, we'll do a little bit of both. We'll, yeah. we'll answer as we go and you guys can get to know us as people as well as podcasters. And we're just really looking forward to that. So, um, any, any last thoughts? I really enjoy fan engagement. So, um, yeah, just keep, you can't keep marry f- our fans. Yeah. <laughs> I propose to the fans. Yeah. Uh, He's not yeah. an ordained minister, so he technically can't marry you with somebody else either. But no, we can work on that. We, we that can could be a future project. Yeah, that's definitely marrying in the, in the a Marvel guys community fan. Yeah, that, oh, that'd be <laughs> lit. Uh, but yeah, we we love you guys. Oh man, and uh, we're having too much fun now. We're <laughs> way too much fun. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, any can I, any kind of questions, just. If we were at the Shoot. bar, they would be like, yo, you got to end it. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, <laughs> no more. You're cut off. You're cut off. Um, Get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll we will see you catch tomorrow you night. guys on Friday. Bye.